back to Jake's World, episode 16 of Jake's World. Today is Monday, June 8th, and I would like to apologize. Had a bad, bad couple of weeks planning, right? You know, I like to record this show Monday and Thursday evenings, and for the most part, I've been pretty good of staying on top of that. Well, it was also much easier when you drank paint for a living and didn't leave your apartment because of a pandemic. So, I don't know, a lot of new things I've had to adapt to, a lot of new lifestyle changes, new living situation. It's not an excuse. I'm going to be better at it. I'm going to be a little more consistent, a lot more consistent, actually going to put a little more time into planning these starting next time of course and yeah so I'd like to start off by just saying I need to be better I mean I want you guys to listen to this I want you guys to talk about it tell other people to listen to it and if I'm not on top of my game I can't expect you to be on top of your game now of course if you know me a little bit whatsoever I'm convinced I'm the smartest person that I have ever met, right? Of course, that's not true. But, 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 I have an opinion on just about everything. A wide variety of topics. And I feel like I'm knowledgeable enough to have an intelligent opinion on a lot of these conversations. And when I started doing this show, I wanted to talk about things that I want to talk about. And that's not going to change at all. In fact, I think it's going to get to the point where I take more firm stances on things and give my take and actually... I'm done pussyfooting around things, is what I'm trying to say. And the moral of this is I feel like I want to talk about current events and could put and put a good spin on them and have a take that's relevant to you guys and one that makes sense. And everyone knows what I'm getting at. Two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever this whole thing started, whenever you want to start the timeline of things going off the fucking rails, which they have now gone, yes, I felt like it was important to talk about. And it's that issue... You know, systemic racism and police brutality in this country. Yeah, that's still a relevant thing to talk about. But I saw a headline today about Minneapolis, like, starting motions to abolish their police department. And I don't care. That's lunacy. That is stupid. Moronic, like I, you could think of every synonym for stupid that exists. How is that a well thought out and good idea? The problems are not, and I could just hear people responding. Oh, if if it's broken, fix it, change it. Yeah, don't get rid of it entirely. Because what else are you gonna do? Just have chaos all the time. People would be committing crimes all the time, and then you'd have communities inside of a community sticking up for each other vigilante justice anarchy you know what those people did who couldn't go to the cops gangsters 
Tony Soprano did that. That's a possibility. I mean, it's a movie possibility, but things like that could happen if you just get rid of the police department entirely. And like I said, a week ago, I felt like I could put my take on it. I made my stance. I talked about it. I want this to be a place of positivity, not me, you know, beating down every dumb idea that's ever come up in the world because that's all the news covers now is bad ideas. And we get so far from the moral of the story that we lose sight of that story. Like, we don't even... It's not about George Floyd anymore. It's not. I'm sorry. It's just not. Some people are still doing the right things. Protesters, athletes speaking up, doing that. It's good. I love to see that because they're focused on the issue. But I don't know if it's just the news talking heads or extreme backlash or... You know, millennial wussies who don't know how anything works. I don't know. But I'm not talking about it anymore. I probably spoke a little too harshly. But, you know, frankly, I don't care. This this has gotten ridiculous for me. We need to have common sense with all this too. Yes, change is good. But you can't just go from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other end of the spectrum and expect it to work. So I said what I said last week about it. I'm done talking about it. I want this to be a place of positivity. That's it. I'm done talking about it. Well, even though it has seemed like, you know, nothing good can happen, it's what the news has seemed like over the last few weeks, but that's not the case. Not everything has, you know, been entirely negative. The Sick League is back. My favorite sports league, the NBA, is back. Now, if I would have recorded this, you know, on time last week, I would have been able to talk about it, you know, going into the weekend. But I'm sure you know all the formats already. I mean, unless you live under a rock or don't like sports, I'm not going to fault you for not liking the NBA because I personally, the NBA is like, keeping up with the Kardashians of professional sports, but it's the most popular ratings-wise, and they're likable, and, you know, they're, they're so far away from the rules of basketball, but it's a circus. It's a controlled circus, if you ask me, but that's just my opinion on it. It's not popular. People love it. I don't. I like the NFL. I like MLB. I like the NHL. I like basketball. I mean, I pay attention to the playoffs, but you won't catch me dead watching an entire NBA game. And some of the guys I lived with throughout college, you know, liked the Milwaukee Bucks way too much. And the asinine takes, the asinine takes ruin it for me, especially with the NBA. It seems like NBA Twitter and, you know, NBA fans just breed hot takes. And I feel like that's where it all comes from. And MJ, LeBron, that stupid debate that will never end and whatever, whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. But. I like the format they did. I really like the format they did. NHL was the first to um, reinstate their playoff picture, right? I like the system they did. They made it to where, actually both leagues kind of did, they made it to where if you were possibly a contender going into what would have been a normal playoff schedule in any other year, they made it to where 
you had a chance to get in, right? Now, from what I read, the NBA is going to do an eight-game regular season before the playoffs start. There's 22 teams of, I believe there's 30. Yeah, 30 NBA teams. 30 NBA teams, 22 of them are going to play July 31st is when their new their second season starts, right? And um, 13 teams out of the West, nine teams out of the East. The West is much, much, much better. Of course, I was kind of like, you know, looking at the first headlines. I'm like, why not just do 11 and 11? Kind of like how hockey did it, you know. They did 12, 12, I don't, I don't even remember the fucking numbers. I don't even know why I open my mouth sometimes. Just, like, stay on hand. Don't ramble. But anyways, 13 and 9. The West is deeper. They've got more contenders. And more teams were mathematically involved. And I like how they address that. Because, I mean, the Bulls. Like, I grew up liking the Bulls. I don't hate the Bucks. It's not like my baseball fandom. I hate the Milwaukee Brewers. Their fans are very loyal. Very proud. But not rightfully proud. They should be ashamed of their team. Because they're not good. The last two years were a fluke. But anyways. Like the Chicago Bulls shouldn't have a chance to even compete. So why have them play? I like that. You know what I mean? Don't. I mean I guess. I see the flip side of it too though. It's like where. Hey any team can get hot at the right time. But it's like. Then again, think about it. Everyone's got the same advantage of you know being rested, and every team's going to be healthy. Those teams aren't going to get lucky. They're going to get blown out of the gym. So don't even waste their time. But I like the structure. I like how they're taking strides to give the fans the best products, the best product that they can, even if a fan can't attend a game. Now with all of this. Other th- all the other things going on in the news right now, I don't even know what the stand or speak, Jake. Jesus, I don't even know what the fan attendance t- like stance is right now. I'm not even sure where the major sports leagues are at. I mean, I'm assuming that it's not going to be feasible just because we're not talking about the virus. Doesn't mean it's not there. With everything going on, I think it's going to spike again. And I don't want to hear anything about Memorial Day weekend. That's a very stupid take because you can go do things Memorial Day weekend. Who goes to, like, bars on Memorial Day weekend? Some people. Not every fucking citizen of a city. Most people go on a lake. Or go on a boat. Or play golf like I did. I don't know. Getting derailed, Jake. Deep breath, deep breath. You can't fix stupid. You can't fix stupid. Anyways, I like the way they're headed because they're trying to give the best product they can. Eight-game play-in or eight-game season, any team that was six games back has a chance to make the playoffs. And then I think after that eight-game finisher regular season, they're going to – 
go eight and eight like usual. It's for seeding purposes. It's not like hockey, where. I mean, hockey. I think they've got a few more teams in it, but they kept the teams up top, you know, seeded and playing each other, which makes sense because I mean, realistically, like if you're looking at the NBA picture right now, if you're the Lakers or the Clippers, the Bucks, the Raptors the Sixers, or the Rockets, you're probably going to make the playoffs no matter what, even if you were to lose all eight. They're not going to, but, I mean, just for argument's sake, they could probably lose out and they'd still be four or five seed. The Lakers could lose out. I think they're that far ahead. And I'm not even going to attempt to say what the standings are or where any particular team's at because I don't know, and most importantly, I really don't care. But I'm curious to see what happens this season because, and this is the same thing with the NHL too, this is going to be the asterisks, asterisks, asterisks of a Stanley Cup final and an NBA final. I'm going here. If the Lakers win the NBA championship, it's going to be asterisk central for everyone MJ's camp is going to be like asterisks LeBron's camp is going to be like oh my god he overcame so much he overcame coronavirus to win a title on his third team yeah like a title bought and paid for but I'm not looking forward to that mostly because I think LeBron James is not an alpha with his style of play his antics his game itself, oh yeah, he's best player in the league still. He's an animal. He can't guard him going to the paint. But I don't like the sissy shit, the crying, the hands up, the crying faces, and the complaining, and all the... And I, I hate the antics. Like I like bowling ball. And I don't know why I like that style of basketball so much, but I hate you know the dipsy... In, flopping around all the fake beef like I want real Twitter beef like Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid is the realest beef in the NBA but it's still so fucking petty like I want bad boys and bulls beef I want like Charles Barkley and everyone else beef I want like mean guys Scottie Pippen and Pat Ewing I want that kind of intensity and like a real rivalry not Draymond Green running his mouth looking like, you know, the average player he is. Standing, I'm dying by that take. Average at everything, excels at nothing. He's a rah-rah guy. And he plays on arguably the best team of all time and gets a triple-double and scores like two points. On that team? I could score 20 points on that team if I could you know, shoot an NBA three, which I feel like with a week of practice, I could get to the point where I could shoot at at least a 25% clip. I could take 12 shots. I could make three of them on that team. A lot of them are uncontested. I could do that, but that's besides the point. It's just going to be, it's going to be good NBA content because it's going to spark that debate again. It's not a debate I want to hear because to me there is no debate, but 
I mean, LeBron James winning a title with three teams, even though one was a stimulus package, one was he was bailed out by Ray Allen. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally stand by that too. Like that's he, I mean, I'm not saying he was a bum all series that series, but that game he was rather poor and got bailed out. Um, game seven of the NBA Finals should not have happened. Who suspends a player in the championship series? I'm not saying what Draymond Green did wasn't egregious. I mean, the suspension was warranted, but not in the second to last game of the season. I sound like Stephen A. Smith right now, and I'm sorry, but it, those are just facts. Like, you, he shouldn't have been suspended. And the third, the second one in Miami, uh, yeah, that one, he earned that one. I'll give him that one. But three and six, that's beta shit. Six and oh, that's alpha shit. King shit. Michael Jordan should be the king and the goat. So suck on that, LeBron. Go drink some wine. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm excited for that product. You know, I'd like to, I want to see the Bucks and the Lakers play just because those two teams seem to have been the heavy favorite. Honestly, the last two years. I remember a couple of the Bucks fans last year were like so hyped up that they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then they absolutely got dummied in a six-game series. Just dummied, dummied, dummied. It wasn't close after game three. Or after game two, excuse me. They, they just got bullied. And then, I don't know. I mean, it even seems like the Toronto title last year kind of had a what-if thing. I mean, it was legit. They earned it. But it's kind of like a, hmm, I wonder if Clay and Kevin Durant didn't get hurt. It's not going to be like that this year, though. The winner is going to have an asterisk on it just because NBA Twitter likes the hot take scene and they like to, you know, embrace debate, as the guys on part of my take would say, or go push their narrative, whatever. And I mean, I mean, they're kind of legitimate points, too. Like, it's good food for thought, but I mean, if the Bucks win, it's going to be like, oh, man, should the Bucks have really won? What if, you know, LeBron and AD and all those guys on the Lakers didn't really lose this momentum? Maybe I'm wrong, though, just because everyone's kind of got an even playing field now, you know, being down or out of game shape. Maybe not out of game shape, but not game ready for, what, two months? No, 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 I take that back. Giannis didn't have access to a hoop. If the Bucks win, no asterisks. Whatever, but I'm actually a little excited to see how that one plays out. I'm more excited for hockey, of course, but now I'd like to transition a little bit to the MLB now because the MLB has been the one sports league that has been having issues with getting their season going. I mean, baseball is a grind, 162-game season that usually starts this year. was a little earlier, I think. It was like March 24th, 25th was supposed to be opening day. The commissioner, Rob Manfred's a dummy. Like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, work with the owners, get a number in the Players Association, get a number hashed out, and get the guys on the field. They want to play. And pay your fucking players, too. I don't understand where this riff is. I know, I understand that the 
major sports leagues is a business, right? It's a business. But you don't see the best companies in the world furlough all their employees when they don't have to. You don't see that. Like Google's not firing their best technicians. If the talent is worth it, you're going to find a way to make them stay on, make them happy, make them want to work for you even if there's a fucking pandemic going on. The the worst of circumstances could happen and if that person is worth it to you, you're going to find a way to get them on the field because they make you money. Mike Trout is worth every dollar you paid him. It was like a billion dollars. He's worth every penny of that. He makes you money. People go to see these guys play. That's the issue, though. They can't go see him play. But, like, are you not making enough money on TV deals? Like, worst case, you ditch the season. But I don't know why. I don't, I've never seen an MLB contract. But, I mean, I imagine they'd get paid if they don't play because they can't. Like, what are you going to do? Not pay them because you lowballed them and you couldn't get a number of games decided that you wanted to play if they're injured you still pay them right i think so i don't even think i need to see an mlb contract to know that like and then the other side of the fence is like oh they have so much money it doesn't fucking matter they earned it you sign a contract honor the contract Honestly, I feel like if I were the commissioner, I would be pushing the players who have been playing already. Not that that's the right thing to do, but don't you think that if you're a businessman or woman, wouldn't you want to make money? You are paying paying millions and millions of dollars. Make them play. Not too soon. Like I, they understand that it's a very strange situation, of course, and I'm not trying to insult their intelligence, but just because they're a baseball team owner doesn't mean they're dumb. They all have lots of money, and they all have made that money by using their brain. They're big brains. I don't know why they're not using them now. Because they see the issue of Oh, no fans can attend, so I'd rather not play pay, play any games or pay my players. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the players aren't entitled to get paid. I think that's nonsense. They signed a contract. It's a contract. COVID-19 was not explicitly excluded from that contract. I don't know. I feel like the guys want to play, but they want to get paid what they're owed. It's three months. It's not going to break your bank. Like, and I think some of the, I think those salaries have stopped already, which I think is wrong. I mean, you just signed Mike Trout to like a billion dollars and Bryce Harper to damn near, not a billion, but you know what I'm saying. It is a shit ton of money. It's like $500 million. What's wrong with just, was one year. <laughs> Those two guys, I, I, Harper maybe not. I've got some opinions about Harper, but uh, 
not today. Mike Trout's worth every penny. Why you could pay Mike Trout every guy's salary on the team, and he'd still be worth more. He's the best player in modern day history. He's clean. <laughs> what more do you want? Pay him. Get him on the field. And you don't think you make money with the TV deals and merchandise? Things like that? And, like, that's what irritates me about all this. Like, you have so many savvy people in your office, you can find a way to make money. Monetize the players, you know, have them do things. Like, the NFL is thinking about miking players up or... um. Some, I don't remember who said it. I saw some headline last weekend or late last week about how a player suggested if there's no fans able to attend in September, mic all the players up. That would be cool to hear. Cool to see. Like, you're a businessman. <laughs> Find a way to make money. You did it before. Do it again. It's not hard. And they, they want to play, too. The players want to play. Just get a number done, Rob, and the owners and the Players Association. Just find it. I need baseball in October. I need it. Now, with everything going on over the last few weeks and kind of a shift away from, you know, military life and, you know, more of a focus on getting rid of that, which is warranted to a point, not to the point of idiocy, but to a point of intelligent conversation. We glimpsed over, I feel like, maybe not everyone, We, it seems like we forgot about a very important day in American history. June 6th, which was Saturday. I was playing golf, not very well, of course. But I thought about the troops. June 6, 1944. It's the 79th anniversary of D-Day. A lot of times, um, especially nowadays, you know, military, you know, history, operations, things like that are kind of glossed over. I feel like just because there's there's a trend going towards you know peaceful things not violence and that's respectable but military is a part of our history and especially me I mean I came from not an immediate military family but an extended military family I had a lot of uncles who served a lot of great uncles who served my grandpa served in Japan in World War II and I got a lot of that military heritage and I appreciate that especially because I love film too and D-Day was one of those things that was captured very well from different perspectives. Now, it's a little late, of course, but if you do have access to HBO, I want you, I invite you to watch the HBO miniseries Band of Brothers. It's about Easy Company, a unit or a regiment, a little company in the 101st Airborne Division. And they show D-Day with unparalleled accuracy and cinematography. And, of course, the best example of all of them was Saving Private Ryan. Steven Spielberg movie. Spielberg also co-directed 
Band of Brothers, along with Tom Hanks, who starred in Saving Private Ryan. Now, if you've ever seen that movie, the first 15, 20 minutes are probably the goriest, the goriest depiction of anything in, you know, actual television, like actual film history. I'm not talking like, you know, those stupid Final Destination movies or any other scary movie or even Tarantino movies, which have excessive intentional blood and gore. But the historical accuracy inside of that, the first 20 minutes of that movie are stunning. And I would like to tell the story of D-Day very briefly. Or, you know, not so briefly. Because every time I say it's going to be brief, it's not. But anyways, D-Day. In the months leading up to June 1944, um, the American army had become very involved in the European conflict of World War II. In Japan... We have been fighting since 1941, December of 1941. The Empire of Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, of course, everyone knows that. And we were at full war in Japan. You know, after Pearl Harbor, there was Battle of Midway, Guadalcanal, Okinawa. That was after this, though. Tarawa. Um... Dozens of others, little skirmishes, Iwo Jima also later, but those are, that's what, other side of the world, right? And we really think of D-Day as being the mainland invasion of Europe, which is kind of true. We've been fighting the Nazis and the Italians since the, since 1942. We invaded Africa along with the British and other groups and we were chasing Erwin Rommel all across the Sahara Desert and then that was Operation Torch the invasion that see history major paying off I'm talking about it to all the people who want to listen and then 1943 we invaded Italy right and we chased Italy or we chased Mussolini all the way up the boot that was Operation Husky. 1943, end of the summer, it's all wrapped up. Now, if we see, if you've ever seen the movie Patton, that's an old one. I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't see that one. Only I watch weird, really old movies, but that took place in late summer of 43. Now, the problem is you couldn't invade Germany from there because of the Alps. How are you going to cross the Alps? That mountain range has protected Switzerland for over a thousand years. And those Alps saved Rome from being sacked by Hannibal Barca 2,000 years before that. He tried to take war elephants through the Alp mountain range. He went from Spain, because Carthage is in North, was in northern, northern Africa 2,000 years ago. Crossed the Strait of Gibraltar, up the Spanish-Portuguese coast, through France, modern-day France. Back then it was Gaul. All the way to northern Italy. He lost half of his army trying to do that because he couldn't attack Rome across the Mediterranean because of their superior navy. Tried to sack the city, failed. Anyways, couldn't do that, so we had to drop another plan. And 
you know, we're planning this huge invasion with England, right? You know, air cover, naval shellings, largest amphibious assault in modern history ever. That will never be surpassed again. We will never fight a conventional war like we did in World War II again. But we're drawing up this plan. General Eisenhower, Dwight Eisenhower, later President Eisenhower, Ike, was commander of the Supreme Allied Commander of all the forces. Like he oversaw everybody, not just the Americans. I believe. I believe it was everyone. Like he commanded the European theater, at least for America. I'll go that far. He has his plan to attack Normandy, Normandy, France, the northern coast, right across the English Channel. It's ironic because Adolf Hitler spent thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of man hours building a front or a coastal barricade called Hitler's. It was called the Atlantic Wall. And there was bunker complexes all, all along the coast of Normandy. Hundreds of miles of coast was fortified by Nazi troops and artillery cannons and anti-air weapons and all kinds of things like Hitler was quoted saying that the Atlantic Wall would last a thousand years that lasted three hours but who would have thought right anyways Eisenhower draws up this plan a bold daring plan to invade not at the weakest point but at the strongest point he used General Patton as a decoy who was able to, oh, he was already on land because he was in Italy. They had to go the scenic route all the way across where he couldn't go into Germany. He had to, you know, go to France, whatever, moved his troops. He duped Erwin Rommel or whoever was there. I'm not even sure. I'm not doing homework, guys. I'm doing this off the top of my head. He dupes Hitler into believing that the actual invasion is going to be taking place a couple of hundred miles away from where it is actually happening. So he moves a bulk of his forces to, you know, intercept the intelligence that the Allies have leaked. Half of the army's gone. And the plan is to have an amphibious assault on the morning of June 6, 1944, but the evening of June 5th into the more into the late night into the sunrise, 101st Airborne Division is going to fly over from England and paratroopers are going to drop behind the lines. You know, they're going to destroy 88 millimeter cannons that shoot out B17 bombers. They're going to you know, secure those guns. Big guns also can shoot at battleships and the channel. Their job is to destroy all of these things and, you know, weaken the enemy behind the lines before the actual invasion starts the next morning. And this is where Band of Brothers come in. That's the second or third episode. They show that drop nighttime and explode anti-air guns exploding. It's crazy, right? Just boom, 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 out, like all night long. They show that. You didn't see the actual landing on the beach in Band of Brothers. You see that in Saving Private Ryan. But 
Anyways, the next morning, we, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, like, these little troop carriers, troop transport boats, call them boats, they are boats, they sail right onto the beach. There's five beaches. There's Normandy, Omaha, or in, in Normandy, there's five beaches, two of them. Most famous one is Omaha Beach. That's where Saving Private Ryan took place. There's Utah Beach, there's Jazz Beach, there's a couple other ones. I don't quite remember the names, but they're all located along the Normandy coast. And hell ensued. Like, I couldn't imagine. Like, watching the first 20 minutes of that movie is eye-opening. I mean, you had people getting just gunned down as soon as you dropped the gate on the transport. But they went. Hundreds of thousands of people were on that beach that day. 26,000 Americans died in hours. That's absurd. Just think about, we don't always imagine, like we know the figures with Nazi Germany and the hell they caused and the genocidal things they did, but just... Watching that makes you realize, like, holy shit, this actually happened. And it was a perfect day for, I mean, it's not, you get what I'm saying, though. Like, for, tactically, that was the perfect day for that to happen. Our battleships, our frigates and destroyers, whatever the Navy wants to call those boats, had cloud cover because it was a gloomy day. It was overcast. It was raining. We could see the land. They couldn't see out the channel. It was perfect. They had cover. Hell ensued, but it worked. And the rest is really history. After that, we rolled through northern Europe or in northern France until the Battle of the Bulge in January, and then the war was over in May. But the craziest fact to me after that is you know hearing of what Eisenhower did before that plan happened he wrote two letters that day or that evening before the invasion one was his victory letter addressing you know his generals his other soldiers fellow soldiers we have won the battle let's let's roll on to berlin <laughs> Take care of Hitler. The second one was his immediate resignation. I couldn't imagine having that many lives on my conscience, and I don't know how. Not 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 so much now. I mean, the military still has to do some challenging things, but back in those days, like World War One, World War Two, I could not imagine having that on my conscience for the rest of my life. And it doesn't surprise me one bit that he would have immediately resigned had that gone hits up so just wanted to tell that story because I mean I feel like it gets glossed over and nobody watches the history channel anymore but you should watch both of those shows Saving Private Ryan if you haven't seen it I, I don't know what to tell you and Band of Brothers it's an HBO miniseries it's 10 episodes it's probably the most detailed World War II television you could watch and it's fantastic. I watched it several times through. It's so good. So it's a little late, but appreciate that bit of history because it happened. And 
to know yourself and to know where you're going, you got to know where you've been. So that concludes today's show. Like I said earlier, I apologize for, you know, being a little untimely, a little scatterbrained when it came to doing this. So I'll try to be better, try to come up with some things that I can talk about and keep you guys engaged. And that's what I want to do. I want to be able to talk about anything. I'm not talking about what's going on anymore unless something, you know, disastrous, absolutely disastrous happens. And if it does, I'm going to be a mushroom cloud lame motherfucker. But, like I said, set my peace. I want this to be a place of positivity, and that's what it's going to be. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at jakesawinski 8 at J-A-K-E-S-A-W-I-N-S-K-I-8. I said, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, please. And listen on Spotify, but I'd love for you to rate on Apple Podcasts. All I got. Like I said, you time surprise my world is changing. Within this frame, kind of funny. I don't know. Wanna grow the show? That's all I got. Have a good week. Peace. Drown.